This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which as always is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. I'm David and I'll be guiding us through this episode alongside Andy. Evening, Dave, mate. Evening, mate. And we're also joined by Matt. How are we doing? We all good? Very, very well. We'll be looking tonight, looking back at Tuesday's late, late show stunner at Bristol City. We'll also look at the home point against Preston and look ahead to the tricky tie away at Swansea this weekend but let's get straight into it lads Bristol City away we thought it would be a tough game but Andy did the stats suggest that? Yeah definitely Dave obviously this season a lot of the stats we've been out playing teams with more possession but um, we only had 41.5% possession this this game which is um, a little bit different to what we have normally Um we had 12 shots compared to their 13. Again, only four on target, so the shot ratio wasn't particularly great again. Uh, more telling, though, is that we only had 239 passes completed compared to their 387. So they had a lot more of the ball than us, which uh, a lot of other teams haven't this season. So fair play to Bristol City for that. Defensively, very similar. 11 interceptions compared to their 12 and we won 19 aerial duels compared to their 21. So defensively, you couldn't really split both sides, Dave. Thanks for that, Andy. And I thought, Matt, we started pretty brightly. Um, good possession in the right areas. Did you feel from initial showings we'd have had too much for Bristol? Or did you, um, and well, you wouldn't think that if you'd listened to Bristol City commentary. <laughs> but yeah, did we? Did you think we'd blow them away? 
Um, I mean, I don't know. I, funny enough, I mean, it seems like the team that we've played over the last, I don't know, last couple of months has always seemed to have played Bristol City the the week before because I've done a lot of uh, their last game previews and, and spent a lot of time listening to their, uh, well, kind of watching highlights of their previous games. And yeah, I've heard a lot from their commentators and um, they are a little bit on the bias side, which a lot of these guys can be, but yeah, a little bit more so there. But I think obviously it was an encouraging start, but it's one of those things we probably have now kind of got quite accustomed to is having those kind of starts and, and having that possession maybe creating some chances and unfortunately not being able to turn that into um, into actual goals so I think if I'm being completely honest I was still a little bit nervy on that basis because it, it felt like a, a I guess something that we've seen quite regularly in uh, the last few weeks and um, you know I wouldn't have been too surprised to see us not turn that into into a lead and maybe get caught on the break but obviously I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot uh, in terms of kind of reviewing this game the difference for me in terms of making that count was was Hamer and obviously I know he, he missed the previous two games from suspension but even just him in his in his own performance was um, was different to what we would have seen from him in recent weeks in terms of the end product so um, I think that was the difference in the game but no to go back to your original question <laughs> being completely honest I was still still quite nervy I thought we uh, we'd, we'd obviously see it kind of close until the final whistle as, as the, the case ended up being. Yeah, exactly. Tricky ties always, to be honest, at Bristol City away, I feel. But 25 minutes went and the Sky Blues finally made a breakthrough. A lovely chip pass from the man that Matt was just talking about, Andy um, Hamer, who you know had a really, really good game and, and a really composed finish from from Matson in that new cam role that he's, he's played a few times. Talk us through the goal and your thoughts on it. Yeah, fantastic ball by Hamer. Um, his play this season has been fantastic, but maybe like Matt's just alluded to, his end product hasn't been what it should be. But I don't know whether the two-week suspension uh, he found his end product because it, it, his his two assists for this this game were outstanding. But to go back to the first one, it was just a, a fantastic pass into Madison's pass um, path. Um, obviously, it bounced. He may, may could have took a touch and then and put it in but he let, he let it bounce and their defender didn't really he, he seemed to like stand off him a little bit which was a bit weird but his finish into the bottom corner was brilliant by Madison and and um, he's become a bit of a revelation in that role he's a bit of a big surprise that you know he's played him a few times now he got a goal against Reading away uh, and now he's got another goal under his belt he looks like he's got a goal in him he looks like he can finish and he doesn't look out of place in that role does he so he could, that's another string to his bow because now Bidwell's at the club it's uh, another position that, you know, that Madison can play and he seems to be reveling it. So that's really good news going forward, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With a squad that is a little bit thin on the ground, mm. it's always helpful if people can play multiple positions, isn't it? And Matson's certainly one that can do that. Um, yeah. Bristol City had a chance, Matt, um, a poor ball from Kane. He sent Semenyo through on goal. What did you make of Kane's performance on the night? He was, wasn't his usual self. He wasn't, no. That moment in particular was probably a, a standout uh, situation for me, a real lapse of concentration, to be honest with you. And realistically, we were actually quite fortunate. It didn't end up in the back of the net because, I mean, you know, obviously done the preview that week it, it kind of felt to me as if Semenyo probably was the biggest uh, threat to us he's, he's certainly been kind of quite a regular scorer for them in recent weeks certainly at home and um, you know he, he's taken a lot of opportunities so just to put one on the plate for him like that was, was a big risk and we were quite fortunate that it, that it didn't end in a goal but I think yeah in terms of his all-round performance it, it definitely wasn't 
kind of up to the par that we were used to seeing maybe about six or seven weeks ago. I think kind of something that really stood out for me is second half, some of these deliveries were... uh, really poor you know especially at 1-1 we, uh, there were a couple of moments within about a five or six minute period where he got into really good positions and um, you're kind of thinking back to six seven weeks ago every single ball he was putting into the box was, was such a threat whether it was kind of going to come up to Giocarez or Godin if he was obviously still available at that point or even just getting it into that danger area where it could flick off a defender and, and go anywhere but he just ballooned a couple of crosses into uh, into Rosette in the space of about three or four minutes from really good positions. You just thought that's so different because in that period of time when he was he was really firing, there weren't really two crosses in you know in the yeah. space of a month that were wasted like that. So it was a shame to see. But another thing I would kind of stress with it is obviously we we have seen in his time with the club, his short time with the club already, the quality that he can bring in. You just think. You already start to see a little bit of uh, murmurs on Twitter about his performances in recent weeks, and maybe people ready to, you know, to, to get on his back a little bit. And you just think, I know we spoke about it when he when he was kind of in that good form, and maybe some of the factors behind it because he hadn't really achieved that QPR. And for me, I, I feel like he's that kind of player. He feels an attachment with the club, and it's only going to bring out the best of him. And I just hope we can we can continue to main that, maintain that as a club because I think he's got quite a good relationship um, with the fans. He feels attached to the club and. Um, you know, I just think there's there's definitely a, a quality player in there, and I don't think on the basis of a few poor performances we should be, um, you know, we should be risking that relationship, as it were. Yeah, agreed. I see recently actually on Instagram, he just literally put out a message that was like he like he'd hit the bottom and he's on his way back <clears> up, and that goes some way to, to sort of show how he's feeling about you know, his season so far and, and being signed to to Coventry City and, and away from perhaps some of the past pressures that he had. Um, mm. The teams obviously came back out for the second half and on the 52nd minute, Bristol City did start to pile on quite a bit of pressure. There was a free kick that was whipped um, and it was headed across the crossbar. Um, did you think, Andy, that we were going to concede? And, and what did you kind of want to see from Robbins perhaps at that time? Yeah, it was. They were sieging on us a little bit, weren't they? Um, second half, a bit like Preston. We didn't really start in the second half very well. Second half performances have been a little bit poor recently. And uh, yeah, they looked like they were going to pile on the pressure and score at any minute, um, and which they did, didn't they? So yeah, unfortunately, um, we need to wake up a bit second half because the last two performances... Bristol City and Preston, the second half performances haven't been great, if I'm being honest. Do you think it's a key sort of keeping the ball would just take the sting out? Do you think, because we, mm. we can really keep the ball well, can't we? But look, it's always going to be difficult to go away from home anywhere. Yeah, and, and dominate I think, yeah away from home day is always difficult, isn't it? The, 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 the away team, the home team, sorry, are always going to have a spell of pressure, aren't they? You're not going to be in the away team. You're not going to outplay the away team, are you? Most of the time, they're going to have a spell when they're going to, you have to dig in. And and that's football, isn't it? But I do think recently, the last couple of games, our second half performances can be a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah, we do start to sort of start fast and maybe sometimes that leaves Mm. us to be a bit, you know, having a bit of a blowout for for a period where we've, you know, done a lot of work early on. Yeah, getting back to your question, maybe we do start really well um, and we do tire a little, maybe second half and maybe Robbins' subs could be a little bit earlier. That's, I think, the only criticism of a lot of people with Robbins is that his subs could be a little bit earlier, couldn't they? Um, 
because he does, does like leaving them late. But saying that, Saturday was fine leaving it that late, so um, it might let him off. But I do think generally his subs could be a little bit earlier and a little bit better at times. But that's only a slight criticism of Robbins. Yeah, and Matt City had another glorious chance through Callum O'Hare to extend their lead. He danced around the defence, um, took one or two players on, and then a shot straight at the keeper. But it was it was very weak. He nearly did everything right, Matt. Another frustrating moment for him, and it feels like we we kind of have this most weeks. But important to remember, as you say, he comes off the back of a fantastic piece of player, and I think. 90% of the players in the championship don't get in that position from, from where he started with the ball because yeah. it's, um, you know, I, I remember when it, when he picked up the ball, you kind of, it's one of those situations, you can't almost have an instinct of what you think is going to, what's going to come. And with most players, you're probably thinking, okay, fine, we've got it deep in their half and maybe we'll get to the byline and we'll put a ball in, probably going to get cleared. You know, the, the general kind of feel of what's going to happen. You do feel with O'Hare something special can happen up until a point, unfortunately, at the moment. And that's kind of what happened with this one. You know, something special really did happen with that moment where he, as you say, you know, very, very correctly danced through their defence with with absolute ease, just cut them apart. And, and you think you've found yourself in that position whereby um, you've done what should be the hard work. And then, as you say, unfortunately, that finish is um, something that, that needs to needs to be improved on. And he, he knows that. It's frustrating for all of us. He, he knows that it's an area of the game that he needs to be improved on. But, the main thing is obviously, you know, the harder part realistically is is um, the area that he seems to excel in in terms of kind of being able to beat players with with that level of ease and, and that level of technical ability. The finishing, hopefully, as he matures and, and gets a bit older, will um, will improve. And uh, well, we've already got one hell of a player on our hands with him as it is at the moment. If he can add that finishing, which I'm, I'm sure he will do at a certain stage, he'll um, you know he's he's certainly a Premier League player with without any doubt. Yeah, and the Sky Blues conceded a corner. Um, it was taken short, finally popped back post and headed back where no one had picked up Chris Martin, Andy, and he headed home from short range. Any arguments with the goal? Not really, apart from awful defending by Clark Salter at the back post. Um, I don't know why he didn't challenge his man. And that was his man. He peeled off. He left him. Yeah. Uh, really bad Poor marking by Clark Solway that was. And the marking in the, in the centre was really bad as well, as equally as poor. So I thought it was a really poor goal to concede, Dave, if I'm being honest. Um, avoidable, just really loose marking by Clark Soltron and whoever was marking Martin in the centre. It was uh, a really poor, poor goal all round. It could have been avoided, Dave. I, yeah, very disappointed with that, if I'm being honest. Poor. And then we had some another good play, Matson, um, some fine build-up play and a decent shot parried. And then from a corner, we hit the bar. Um, did you feel like someone was going to get the winner, Matt, or did you think it would sort of, you know, die out at one all? No, I, I, I actually did think the winner was coming for, for either side, though. If I'm being honest, I can't say I felt overly, you know, certain that it was going to come for us. It, it felt like something was coming at uh, one end or the other because there were definitely chances coming for, for both sides. And you mentioned... Yeah. A couple of good opportunities for us for for certain. The um, Matson one you mentioned, sort of really good play there. Um, you know, short, sharp passing, um, really succinct. They um, and they worked it to him really well. It's a decent strike. It, it's just one of those decent strikes. It's not amazing, but it, he hits it well enough. And 
the keeper makes, you know, a decent save, but it's it's not in the top corner. He's not having to, you know, throw his hands into the top corner and, and palm it away, fingertips or anything like that. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a decent enough strike. And the, the opportunity from the, obviously from the corner, for me, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, without initially watching it as if he was really quite far out and it's almost as if, I don't know, when the ball dropped to him, I kind of thought, he's going to do well to get this anywhere near goal. I kind of thought initially it'd probably be something that he'd try and edit back across goal because he just felt like he, he wasn't certainly directly in front of goal. It felt like he was quite far um, out to the right and it almost had done quite well to turn it onto the bar. But actually watching it back, you do kind of think actually yeah, that was um, quite a decent opportunity. So quite frustrating in the end. But um, yeah, no, to go back to you. with us as well, wasn't it? You know, it, mm. anything on target and the keeper would have been struggling, I, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we kind of, um, you know, for us, like I say, even though the opportunities were kind of coming at both ends, you kind of felt they almost were allowing us to to kind of come at them on the break. And obviously that panned out with the winning winning goal in the end, but you just felt it was probably going to take a moment of quality to, to kind of unlock their defence. But um, no, yeah, going back to your initial point, I definitely thought something was coming, but it also wouldn't have surprised me knowing you know, what can happen at this level if we'd have got caught ourselves. So, um, yeah, obviously quite pleased in the end to see that it, it went the right way. Yeah, exactly. We did nearly have something, like you say there, Simon Moore denying Chris Martin very late on, Andy, um, a through ball from Semenyo, who, who Matt picked up on, was a, you know, a talented player for Bristol City. How many points do you think Simon saved us this season? Um, he was very brave here again, wasn't he? Too many. Uh, loads Um, he is um, the thing about Simon Moore that he makes big I've said it hundreds when I've I've been on the podcast I've said it numerous of times he he makes crucial saves at big times and they're so crucial you know yesterday he made big big saves uh, you know when we when we were uh, 1-0 down to Preston um, and also you know 0-0 as well and, and against Bristol City as well He's, the thing is with me, he's a brilliant shot stopper, but he's incredibly brave as well. And um, yeah, he's uh, saved us numerous times this season. And uh, I, I can't speak highly of him. Um, I think he's. It's very early. I think he's. I, I think about, he's, you know, everyone wants people to compare players to, mm, to others, but and it's very very early on. But is there anyone that? You know, sticks out in your mind from a you know, you know, previously Warner Sky Blues mm. goalkeeper jersey that Westwood. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 up there with Westwood, hundred percent. And he, he Westwood was fantastic for us. Yeah. You know, he's up there with him for me. I like him a bit to to Hetman as well. I may be showing my age there, but he's well, um, but just feels, enough, feels solid. Kind of was, mm. yeah. yeah, no, yeah, he's got a bit of a Hetman about him as well. Yeah, obviously we cover the nineties quite a lot on the page, don't we? And uh, yeah, that's a good shout, Matt. Yeah, Hetman, he, he was very, very similar to him as well. Yeah, um, just solid keepers. You feel yeah, comfortable is, and confident this, with them. Yeah, I think that's the I mean. benefit that we we needed, wasn't it? You kind of yeah. need that. It hmm. does seem to give the defence, and perhaps you know, there's an argument to say that may have brought on the likes of Rosenheim this yeah. year with someone solid behind them, because you know they've they've also sort of stepped up, haven't they? And Robin yeah. showed that he's happy with them because he's starting them over McFadden, rightly or wrongly. But you, hmm. you know, that's the call that he's making at the moment. Yeah, if you've got a keeper behind you that you know that is safe and sound, it don't often make you feel better as a defender, doesn't it, Dave? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, and, it, it, um, yeah. It's it back back to the the final 
final moments of, of mm. the Bristol City game. Um, 89th minute, some great hustling by Hamer. Um, he came away from with the ball, Matt, and travelled to the edge of the box. A lovely reverse pass to Jokerez, who finished with a plom. Incredible scenes in the away end, and this team just doesn't know when to give up, does it? It's unbelievable. Uh, you, you kind of you can sense the spirit. You can feel the spirit. We've kind of felt that for the for the last couple of years, and actually, realistically, to some level, since um, you know Robbins has come back to the club, and there's there's no coincidence there. It, it is down to him what he kind of um, drills into his team, and we're we're really reaping the benefits now in terms of kind of what we're seeing with these late goals. And um, yeah, fantastic goal. And again, kind of hark back to to Haim. We obviously started with um, touching on what. Uh, what a performance it was from him all round and, and that first goal, fantastic um, ball for, for Matson there. But this is up there for maybe different reasons. The end ball isn't, it is it's a good pass, but it's not maybe the same level as the Matson one, but the assist as a whole is fantastic because he picks the ball up, obviously he wins it himself firstly in the middle drives of the pitch, forward. drives forward. And I don't think sometimes it's hard to really take in how, difficult it is to be able to kind of run with the ball um, that kind of distance at championship level you know people might look at it and say well he's not beating players he's not jinking past people or anything like that what he's doing is he's taking it from halfway to the penalty area with essentially two Bristol City defenders um, on his shoulder the whole time yeah. and he's running at pace He's he's got the strength to fend them off and then the real thing for, for me and picking up on what Andy mentioned um, in terms of his all-round performance is that end product again because he has the composure to look up uh, and play the right ball and you know if there is a criticism criticism of, of Hamer at the moment um, because he is a fantastic all-round player as Andy mentioned earlier it's the fact of making that right decision at that last moment and there I'm kind of looking at it thinking here comes the shot and you know look I, I back him to have the ability to be able to fire it in from 25 yards but the best chance we've got there is that reverse ball to, to Giocarez because it puts him clean through and yeah the ability to, to kind of put that run together um, take a moment look up play the ball and, and essentially let on a plate for Giocarez it's, um, it's a fantastic goal and um, just a reaction from so many players afterwards and the fans it's uh it's, it's lovely to see yeah exactly absolutely amazing scenes in the away end and oh. really deserved you know for people traveling that distance on a wednesday night not easy yeah. um very difficult and yeah fantastic to for us to be able to keep pace um really important late goal for the sky blues you know making sure that they're keeping pace with that that playoff, you know, position that they're trying to, to hunt oh. down. Um, I'm going to take a couple of man of the matches then from you. I'll start with you, Matt. Yeah, it's going to be Hamer, to be honest with you. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm a massive fan of his, but I am somebody that will kind of look at it and think sometimes uh, I, I do worry about that end product. And um, we had it all in this game. His uh, his technical ability as ever was, was sound, but his end product in terms of the two assists um, for different reasons, you know, that we just obviously touched on the first one, but the ball for the Matson goal is unbelievable. It's such a cultured pass and the ability for Matson to be able to not have to hit it first time is because he plays it in such a way that usually those balls will zip off the pitch and um, bounce and, and go out of play. But he, he plays that pass in a way where he knows it's going to stay in off the bounce. So um, he just, it's his best performance for me this season. It was, um, yeah, we had some good ones around the pitch, but but definitely Hamer for me. And Andy, do you have anyone different? No, no, Hamer for me, Dave. Um, like kind of ran the show, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was, he was, he, he looked like he hadn't played for two games, if that makes sense. He yes. was, he was right, he was, he was right at it. And, uh, like Matt said, he's, um, 
he got two assists and he also um, was top of the charts with the key passes as well. He was he did three key passes, which was the best of our team. So he was really at it on the, in the end product uh, stage of things as well. So, yeah, Hamer for me. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blues then had the visit of Preston to deal with on Saturday, a team we have only beat 10 times in the route to the game. And we all know about our wretched away form against Preston. Did you feel confident going into this game, Matt? It's, it is always a difficult one, isn't it, against Preston? And interesting to know what you made of Robbins going two up top with Waghorn getting, you know, getting a, a starting lineup shirt. Yeah, I was, if I'm honest with you, I, you know, went to England in the prediction. I, I thought we would win. Um, I do try and kind of not let myself get too taken by the historical facts just because I think, you know, we can look at five, 10, 15 years ago and I'm thinking a lot of these players were probably in primary school when this happened. <laughs> so I, I try not to look at it, but then there is a point, I think with Preston, maybe um, more than other teams where you do kind of think there is a culture there where they are drilled a certain way and they always seem to be that certain way yeah. in terms of kind of being a, a difficult team to break down and, um, and they're, you know, they're going to put their, their, their bodies on the line and throw themselves a bit. At least I think we did see yesterday so um, there is maybe a little bit more to it with Preston than with other teams where it might be a little bit more of a coincidental type thing but I'll be honest I was confident I thought we could um, we could we could definitely get the victory in terms of um, your point around starting with two up top look you know I'm somebody who I still feel like Waggon can play a pivotal role for us this season I'm still confident he can he can have an effect whether that's you know, hopefully getting some more goals to his own name or um, doing the work to try and create for others. But um, yeah, so I didn't have a, I have an issue with that. I do kind of a little bit for me, I do worry that we're a little bit in a, in a, in a routine. It's, it's one up top at, uh, on the road and it's two up top when we're at home. And one of the things I think we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later, we are struggling, you know, there's, there's no um, bones to be made about it. We are struggling from an attacking perspective. I think it's three games in the last 15, um, largely tied in with God and being out where we haven't, um, we haven't scored more than one goal other than on three occasions. And and all three of those really weren't, were against bottom half teams. So we are struggling. And I would just like to see a little bit more in terms of maybe mixing up the tactics and trying different things. And I'd actually thought we'd, we'd done that quite well in terms of as we touched on earlier with regards to, to getting Matson in that more attacking role and it, it obviously seemed to work on Tuesday night so um, I wouldn't have minded to be honest with you seeing that happen again on Saturday but I did think we probably would go for, for two up front because that seems to be the blueprint but um, you know look I'm not going to say I was devastated when I saw it but um, I just I don't know what you feel but maybe just a little bit more variance in terms of kind of what we're trying to do from an attacking perspective because we are stalling a little bit yeah, no, I, I do agree with your point. It's um, it is difficult one. The players on the pitch at, at the moment are are not always um scoring. You know, they're not they're not firing. Um, we do need some more depth. We're hoping for some news for Godden to to perhaps start coming back and entering into the fold. Um, from a stats point of view, Andy, I thought we would have expected a few more yellow cards than we saw. But what about the rest of the stats from the game? Uh, yeah, a bit better possession-wise this game uh, compared to the Bristol City game. We had 52.5% uh, possession of the ball. Um, we had completed 324 passes compared to their 271. Um, that's perhaps because they like kicking the shit out of people, uh, maybe Preston, um, instead of playing football. But anyway, uh, we had 10 shots compared to their 14 because they were quite dominant, like I said, in the second half. They really put us under quite a lot of pressure uh, and out of our 10 shots we only had three shots on target which again 
alludes to Matt's point about stalling in the attacking area. We are not hitting the target more enough. It's not happening. Um, regarding defensively, um, we had 21 interceptions compared to their 12. And they won more, though they say they won more tackles than us, 16 and 12. Whether, whether they were legal or not is another matter for debate. <laughs> the Sky Blues started fast, I, I thought, Matt. Um, they showed a bit of an energy that we thought was missing from, from the home game against Barnsley. But we need to start making this early possession pay, don't we? Yeah, I think it kind of plays on the other, earlier point. Again, we we are struggling a little bit from an attacking perspective um, and just maybe becoming a little bit predictable for other teams kind of coming into the game. I think if if teams do their research on us... Um, they can they can probably see what we're what we're about, and I, I just think, um, like I say, on Tuesday night we tried something a bit different. I felt largely it, it did work, and um, it was uh, it was one of them again. Great in terms of possession, seemed to be uh, up for the game again, but just breaking down when it kind of comes to that comes to that area of the pitch where it really matters. And um, I just I don't know. We we really haven't got those goals in the midfield at the moment. It's just. Uh, it's always going to always going to hurt you you know obviously we know Giocarez has picked back up his form when we've needed him to and we've obviously got a lot of goals out of defence which is which is fantastic but in terms of our ability to realistically challenge for the playoffs we're going to need to either see more goals coming out coming out of midfield or just be a little bit more versatile in terms of kind of what we're what we're setting up like um, you know for, for some of these games going forward yeah I know and there was really not much else to talk about Andy in the in the first half especially in terms of clear-cut chances um and obviously they went in all square the game was very stop start um obviously lots of little fouls um and the referee didn't do much to cut that out I didn't feel um especially on Callum O'Hare do you think this is why we struggled to create and Preston came with a game plan it seemed like they carried that out yeah well I don't think we created very much because I don't think the formation change from Bristol helped. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it worked. Waghorn and Gokres just didn't work. It didn't work Quite at far all. Far apart as a, as a... Yeah, as a Waghorn well. was, you know, he looked like he had lead in his boots at times. He, he, he looked well off it for me. Um, you know, he's struggling. Um, whatever you say, whether it's down to injuries or whatever, he's, he's struggling to get form. And um, whenever he plays just doesn't seem to come off for him at the minute. Hopefully, like Matt says, that will change and he still can make an impact this season um, because, you know, he's our highest earner and he needs to start to deliver. Uh, and he's got people, Godin will be coming back soon. Yeah. You know, Torres is is chomping at the bit now. So yeah. he's under pressure for his place now and he needs to start performing quickly when he gets his chance or he's not going to be playing, simple enough. Um, so that's sort of one reason why I don't think it was working um, because I, I don't think we should have gone away from the box formation. Uh, Do you think Bristol. that's it? That's, we kind of lost out in midfield? I did. I think Alan was a big miss. I thought he was brilliant yeah. against Bristol City. His tenaciousness. Yeah. Gives um, you that energy, doesn't he? He does. And I think we missed that so much. Um, I think taking that out of our team was the wrong decision by Robbins. He didn't get much wrong, but I thought that was wrong. And... Um, and Bristol and Brest, Preston are a good side at this level. They're, you know, they've only lost. Yeah, well drilled. They're well drilled. Yeah. They, they've only lost a couple out of twelve games. You know, recently. So they they're, they're good. They're a good solid team, and they know what they're doing. They like putting the foot in. And Callow Hare felt the full force of it, didn't they? He got kicked all over the place. 
I'd love to see his ankles, it's, you know, what they were like after the game. They must have been awful. You know, must have had a couple of ice baths to get rid of the uh, swelling because he got kicked all over the place. Sunday league stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's what you get in the championship. You have to be big. You have to be tough. You have to stand up to that kind of vigour. And uh, especially against teams like Preston. And, um, yeah, I think a couple of things alluded to why we didn't play particularly well. And I've just stated those, Dave, yeah. Yeah, and the teams came out for the second half. Um, no one really again could create that many clear-cut chances. Um, it felt to me, Matt, on the sort of 60-minute mark that O'Hare, no surprise, after being kicked to pillar and post, and Sheaf, among others, looked tired. Um, it's been a, a gruelling period, isn't it? And it seems like the squad depth is possibly hurting us a little bit now. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Obviously, we uh, we still have to appreciate, I guess, the fact that we're in our second season at this level and we're certainly not uh, historically the, the best run club financially. So yeah. we're still in a situation whereby um, we're not going to be able to throw money at, at kind of situations and issues that we have. So we all absolutely would have wanted to have seen more activity in the January transfer window. But unfortunately, unfortunately from a sustainability point of view, I guess the club had made that decision where we weren't in, in the position to, to be able to kind of throw any more money at it. And I know we kind of talked a bit in December and, and throughout January and kind of one of the areas we did probably identify was midfield uh, in terms of kind of, you know, an option where we probably could have looked to strengthen um, the squad. And yeah, as you say, O'Hare, um, not surprising, obviously, he A, he is playing pretty regularly for us, but B, you know, he does get a lot of attention. Obviously, the most foul, foul player pretty much in the league and um, it is going to be a struggle for him. Sheaf, again, yeah, I, I totally get your point on that one. A bit of a struggle for him as well. And I think with the fact we didn't really strengthen uh, that position in, in January, we really needed to get quite lucky when it came to injuries. Obviously, we knew Kelly was already out. We kind of... Yeah would have hoped at that point he would have been on the way back uh, into the squad, but that obviously went the, the wrong way and then losing Eccles as well. Um, it's kind of gone the wrong way. We, we pretty much yeah. needed a bit of fortune and, it, and it's gone the other way for us. So um, it is a bit of a struggle, but I would agree with Andy in terms of um, what he said with regards to Alan as well. You know, it felt like the perfect game for him against Preston, who we know are going to be quite a, a, a tough team as well and, and probably should have started the game. Yeah, and we talk about this a lot, Andy, on the podcast about the consistency of, of refereeing. Um, it's a real shame, isn't it, when you've got top top level games really happening late on. Preston finally saw, you know, their mounts, the fouls mount up enough, if that makes sense, to Liam Lindsay, who got sent off um, a foul on Jokeres this time. But just, yeah, what's your thoughts on the consistency of, of what you've seen so far in, in, in the championship? And there's a lot of challenges from Preston that, that Hamer got booked for that went on punished for Preston. Yeah, I think the standard of refereeing is poor, isn't it, Dave? Um, we've over the season, obviously, we podcast every week, don't we? And we always, one of us will always say something about the referee. And it's not, it's not just. I think some of the things we get away with as well at times is like ridiculous. And what I see, it's just like the, the, the officiating is poor, in my opinion. And. And I think, you know, he, the, the bloke got sent off for that challenge on Gokarez, but they were leaving their foot all over the place. It could have come earlier, couldn't it, Dave, to be honest with you? And yeah. I just think generally the, the refereeing standard's very poor in the championship. And, uh, you know, we've been on the receiving end of some awful decisions and, and also 
the other side of things, we've got away with decisions as well that you know yeah. that should have been punished. So it's not just I'm not just saying it's all on Cobb. It's not. Of it's, I just I just generally think it's poor. And, it, and it's just a tough the, watch, isn't it? I think from it the consistency is. point of uh, you yeah. know when when you think about how much is it's worth getting into the Premiership from the mm. Championship and what each point means, you know, for yeah. ev- every club in the league, it just seems to me that we're just. The, the amount that the players are paid, for example, yeah. in this league, and the amount that is it's worth, it doesn't seem to to match, does it? But not a lot we can do about it here. But I was just, yeah, just interested to you know see your 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 sort of thoughts on on that because you know it's just it, it does become a bit frustrating, I think, especially for for those players um, involved. But m- moving on to to back to the game um a breakdown in attack saw the sky blues hit on the break and and dabo brought down jacobson uh, and got his marching orders matt did you have any complaints about this you know just talk us through this first of all the straight red is is that fair um some of people said it started outside the area you know what blame can you place on dabo Ah, I think for me, I, I don't. Points there. <laughs> yeah, lots to, lot to go over, I guess. Uh, kind of to to summarise, really, um, and go in a little bit of detail around it. You know, for me, not too much. Um, I would complain about in terms of kind of the decisions that come out of it. You know, uh, for us, it's it, a. If we're really looking into it, we we need to look at ourselves um, as a team, and and realistically, I, I hope that's what Robbins would do. I'm sure it's what Robbins would do because the whole situation is more than avoidable on a couple of areas. Mm. Um, you know, firstly, it's a sloppy pass from Hamer. I think, um, obviously, as you mentioned, we were on the front foot at this point. They just had a player sent off. We're in the attacking half. You know, they're gonna. You know, when they had a player sent off, I still thought we were going to struggle because you know, Preston are going to put you know, everybody behind the ball, basically. But you're thinking it's going to be five, ten minutes with injury time added on, others pushing to get the goal. And with our history over recent weeks, you think, well, there's a there's going to be a fair chance. And it's just frustrating because it's it's an an avoidable moment at so many levels. Firstly, with the um, poor pass, sloppy pass from Hamer, but also... It starts with with Haim, sorry, with Dabo in the middle. You know, the the first real problem is when their players break in through the middle, yeah. and Jakobsen is kind of running, uh, kind of at pace past him. He doesn't start to run until he's almost is, past him. Do you think this is a, a part of? I know this could be like, and I, I've been I've been sort of lamb blasted on Twitter to try and <laughs> you know break things down into little granular points, but for me. It, he came onto the game and I didn't think, I still don't think that he looks completely fit yeah. in terms of, from a, I don't know, from a sort of, I don't know, fully fit. It, it's hard to explain, but I just don't mm. think, and it seemed to me that he was sort of going to be happy to jog it back in and didn't yeah. almost realise that his player was there. And obviously we know he's got the pace, but it sort of felt yeah. to me that he was looking to just jog it back in and, yeah. The problem there is that someone's bombed past him, haven't they? And that's that's it. He's got to get got to get up to pace in a short amount of time. And I completely agree. There's something. Look, you know, we know Davo start of the season and, and what he's done over the last couple of years for us. There is a lot of talent there. He's a great player, and I agree. I, I don't think he's fully 100 percent back yet because you can just you just feel like there's something missing from his game that we've seen before. So we know it's there, but it doesn't feel like it's it's quite there 100 percent as of yet. And yeah, it was. Um, you know, going back to the point you're making, I think, you know, when you've got a player coming at pace from that position, you can't wait until he's, you know, even one yard away from going past you because 
at the point you're trying to get up to base, even though I'm sure Dabo in, uh, you know, a, a straight race with Jakobsen would, yeah. would absolutely put him on toast. Yeah. He's not going to make up the, the the difference in pace from that kind of standing start where Jakobsen's already bursting past him. So he, he's, he's done for at that point where their players kind of approach him halfway and he can just slip that ball. There's no way Dabo's going to be able to recover that situation. And it's just... Yeah, it's just a lapse of concentration. It's positioning. It's just something that's missing from his game at the moment. It starts there, really. The goal, uh, well, it starts with Hamer. Obviously, we've mentioned that. But it, it, from his perspective, it starts there. From that point onwards, he's always struggling. So he's got to make a decision. Either he lets the guy run in and, and do whatever he's going to do or he tries to put a tackle in. It definitely starts outside the box with regards to, um, you know, he sticks out a hand and, and he obviously tries to maybe gently drag him back a little bit but there's not enough contact there for it to be um, too bad I I think when it comes to the actual contact that brings Jakobsen down I've watched it probably 10-15 times and it's one of those it's right on the prefaces of being either just in or just outside the area I think it probably actually does start you can do exactly once that that touch has happened at pace yeah there's only one way there's there's just nothing that's going to happen the slightest contact there is going to send him down and I just think probably it just starts outside the box but it's one of those I'm saying I've watched it 10-15 times I'm struggling to see definitively and that's when it slowed down I, I don't really I think it's close enough that you have to say look you know, whilst I agree in terms of the level of officiating probably hasn't been the best. It's one of those you can't really, there can't really be too many arguments, even if it is just outside of the area. Um, if they're saying it, it looks um, like it was inside. So yeah, for me, not yeah. too many complaints. And I think Dabo really causes his his issues like we say before that, when he um, when he's when he's on his toes and, and not really kind of following the play. So um, yeah, disappointment all around. Yeah, exactly. And Preston converted Andy, um, and it kind of looked like we'd thrown it away. Yeah, really disappointing, wasn't it? And it was a little bit indicative of our second half play, Dave. Um, we didn't really come out. They had them better the chances second half. and um, But only Kov could get a man, they get a man sent off. And then <laughs> Even we up. get a man sent off, and then they score a penalty in the 89th minute. Yeah. You know, that's only Coventry City, you know. Uh, but yeah, um, but we showed our resolve again, didn't we, this season? And, and we got back in, in the game in superb fashion like we have done all season. Yeah, exactly. And step forward, new boy Fabio Tavares, Andy, um, mm. rescues a really, really late point for the Sky Blues and instantly elevates him to hero status. Um, firstly, the goal. Let's, let's talk about that and the technique. Um, but where do you see his role under Robbins as well? And, and what would you do if you were Mark Robbins, Andy? Well, let's let's break it down, um, first of all. Um, his, a new star is born, Dave, yeah. I think. Um, his technique was outrageous. If that was in the Premier League, there'd be cream over that. I would match the day for days. Yeah. Um, it was absolute outrageous. It was Kane-esque technique. Yeah. It was just absolutely unreal. Do you think we've got um, anyone in the in the squad that's got that sort of technique? Like I put put other strikers there, perhaps Jokerez, uh, perhaps Waghorn, perhaps Godden. Yeah, they've all got ability of finishing. Not Waghorn at the minute, but <laughs> but um, but they've all got ability to do that. But to actually do it in the after being on the pitch for two minutes, it's yeah. just unreal, isn't it? It's just yeah. absolutely outrageous. Yeah, you know, he's twenty one years old. Yeah. Let's let's not forget that as well. And 
yeah, that the moving on from from the goal itself, um, where do I see his role under Robbins? I just think that we've just got to see more of him. You know, yeah. if you know, if if Godden's not around and Waghorn's not doing it, play him up top with um Gokeres or bring him on as an impact sub early. Let's see 20 minutes of him instead of two minutes. You know, yeah. let's see what let's see what the lad's got under his locker. Because if he starts scoring goals, Dave. Like he has, a, a, it's not, he's not going to score the amount he has at under 21 level, don't get me wrong. But if he starts scoring goals for us and Godden starts coming back, playoffs, here we come. Yeah, it's a really difficult on, decision yeah, for is. Robbins, so though, isn't it? When you, when you look now, it's a really difficult position for Robbins because, mm. you know, say Godden comes back in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And Tavares is, is on the bench. You've got yep. senior players there. What sort of if Waghorn does fall out of the starting, you know, mm. squad, um, and is and, and isn't travelling with the squad or isn't involved in, yeah. you know, what does that sort of message say to the rest of the team? You know, do you think that's positive that a senior player that, that would drop out? Um, I don't know. Well, it, you tell it, it me. It's a, a difficult message. one. It sends, send, sends a message that if you're not doing it, you don't play. Yeah, because there's, there's other people lining it. up. I mean, Scott, the, the Sky Blue Army yeah. are now looking at uh, Denanja, isn't it? Denan, uh, you know, mm. Awful with pronunciations. But, you know, they're looking <laughs> at other players from, from the 23s. Um, yeah, to, to answer your question, Dave, it shows the message that if you're not doing it, like Waghorn's not at the minute, and someone comes on and does something, you play. And I want to see yeah. more of Tarares. I want to see what he's got with 20 minutes to go off the bench. Let's see what, what happens because that sort of performance, and he deserves it. You know, if you're scoring goals in the under-21s at that level and the amount he is, yeah. you deserve a chance. He got his chance on Saturday. He took, he it. took it. Now he deserves a bit more. Yeah, exactly. Knowing Agreed. And was it enough to still a man of the match uh, performance for you, Andy, or was there was there other players involved that you would give that accolade to? It's a hard one, isn't it? Because that sort of finish deserves a man of the match, but because he was only on the pitch for a little amount of time, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it to somebody else. I thought um, I thought Clark Salter was was excellent at the back. Um, I thought he had a really really good game, and uh, I'd give it him over over Torres, but if anyone gives him Torres man of the match, if Matt gives him uh, man of the match, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, a lot of people call him for uh, Clark Salter to be on Mark Evans' signing list as soon as possible. um, Him and Matteson. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people share those um, sentiments. Matt, any, what way did you see man of the match? Um, I would give it to Fabio Zavac. No, I would. No, it was it was a great goal. Um, I'm really happy to see him get the goal because I, I definitely the whole the whole argument with him is look, you know, people have been trying to to say if you say Tavares should get more time, it's as if you're trying to say because he scored goals in the under 23s, um, you're expecting him to score 15 goals between now and the end of the season, and he's a savior. It's not that we've struggled from an attacking point of view, um, and we needed to have a little bit more versatility, and and I think. Um, on that basis of he's done a good job in the under-23s and the fact that he um, uh, and we are struggling for other options he whether you, whether you think he should start whether you think he should get 20 minutes like Andy mentioned he just he just definitely needed more game time and harking back to what the guys said on the pod last week why not give him a bit more of a go so um, but back to the question for me man of the match would be Simon Moore um, I think it's a bit of a 
tricky one for keepers to, to get man of the match too often because um, obviously you know you're not involved in the game uh, or hopefully not involved in the game in terms of general play but he just made so many um, you know m- maybe they're not the most spectacular saves but they're really solid important saves his positioning again comes out and neutralises threats a lot of the time and he's just so so solid and reliable and I think um, he's been our best best asset this season and um, I think he deserves the occasional man of the match and you know yeah for me he gets the nod. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blues will travel to Swansea on Saturday, a side who play Monday night away to West Brom. They've lost three uh, and won two in their last five. Mark Robbins will be wanting revenge as well for the defeat back in November at home. But yeah, how do you see Mark Robbins line up for this one, Andy? Difficult. It's away from home, isn't it? So, yeah, I'd probably say you'd go back to the box formation. I would have thought, like Matt says, it seems to yeah. be away from home. We seem to favour that formation. Um, and it has served us well away from home um, yeah. recently. We have proved recently away from home. Uh, we have been getting a few more better results since that whole win uh, when we beat Hull 1-0. They have been slightly getting better. Um, and I, I'd go with that. I'd bring Alan back in into the team. Um, I think he's... His play overall this season deserves to be playing more than he than he does. To be honest, I think he's been outstanding, um, and his tenaciousness away from home is vital for us. And um, yeah, I'd be surprised if he goes two up top. I think he'll go with the box formation day. Yeah, exactly. Another big game, Matt, and and one that we'd be hoping to get something um, on the road at, at Swansea. What do we know about them so far this term? Yeah, I think. Uh, unavoidable for them to say if they're being honest it's been a real disappointing season for them obviously they set a high bar last season finishing fourth and, and just missing out on a Premier League place losing out in the in the player finals so currently sitting in 17th position I think realistically they would be in a real relegation battle if it wasn't for the fact of point deductions for Reading and Derby so um, there's it's unavoidable to say it's been a disappointing season for them a lot of change and obviously they've had um, some big name players go obviously the two standout ones Andre Ayu and Jamal Lowe yeah. go in yeah. um, massive loss for anybody there 31 league goals they got last season and to lose both of them is you know, difficult to, for anybody to replace really. So it is going to be a, a struggle, but they they gave it a go because they had a lot of incomings and outcomes. They actually had 34 players over the season leave the club and 32 coming in. So um, it's effectively a case of starting again for them this season. And, and obviously it hasn't paid off the way they would have wanted it to. Um, the big change for them really has been obviously Russell Martin coming in as manager. Yeah. Um, and in terms of kind of players, looking at where their threats are probably going to come from. Matt Grimes is a standout player. He seems to have been linked with the Premier League move all season, really, but he he remains there at the minute and um, could be a big threat to us. I think, obviously, somebody we know quite well is is Jamie Patterson. And if you see somebody we're going to have to keep an eye on in that central uh, attacking midfielder role, he's probably been there standout consistent player of the season to be honest with you um, but from attacking perspective they've got Joel Perot who's the leading scorer with 11 goals but only 10 well only one league goal sorry added to his tally in the last three or over three months so um, he's somebody that we do have to keep an eye on but yeah over the last kind of two three months after a quite a flying start it's really kind of died off for him but an interesting thing with Swansea is the appointment of Russell Martin as manager they've obviously um, decided that a fourth place finish last season wasn't 
good enough and they've gone for a real culture change there in terms of bringing Russell Martin in and it's been quite interesting listening to him on uh, many occasions this, this season talk about his philosophy it is undying loyalty to this philosophy where he um, wants to keep as much possession as he can um, and and kind of pass the ball to death effectively pass it through the lines and, and try and kill off his opponents that way and obviously his players are buying into that they've actually upped their average possession stats to over 60% um, this season, which is roughly a 10% jump over the last wow. couple of years. So we can expect to see not as much of the ball. Not Probably not as much of the ball, yeah. And, and a lot of short, sharp passes from them as well. They've actually upped that by about 30% on where they were last season. They're pushing up to 600 um, passes per game on average. So that's their philosophy. Um, he will not bend from that philosophy, apparently. And, and obviously... It's about whether they give him time, but at the moment it's not really working out. So it could be quite interesting from that perspective, obviously, if we know quite solidly what our opponents are going to do coming into the game, then hopefully we can yeah. um, we can probably try and attack on that basis. And obviously maybe somebody like a Tavares, whether it is starting, and I don't want to you know, say that that's definitely the answer, but certainly more game time with that pace um, if we can nip the ball off them and then and try and break a pace. So, um, so yeah, going to be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, another tough fixture on the road, regardless mm. of their league position. Um, so let's get some score predictions. I'm going to start with you, Matt, and then Andy, you will get the Tweet League um, prediction. So yeah, take it away, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go for a one-all draw in this one. I know they've struggled. I think it is a game we can win, but looking at it, um, one of the best sides I think we've seen at the CBS and we they've got enough quality in there for us to to certainly respect them. So, um, yeah, could be touch and go, you know, hopefully there'll be a, a, another late show winner late on, but I think we might might end up seeing 1-1 draw, which wouldn't be the worst result in the world. And Andy? I think we'll win this 2-1 day. Um, I think it's going to be another away win. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be so. easy. Six hours on a train um, to, for this, for this <laughs> one. Maybe, so. <laughs> be yeah, welcome. yeah, I hope it is for you. But yeah, but no, I think we'll win this 2-1. Brilliant. And so put that in your tweet league. Oh, we'll do. I'll make sure that we lock that one away and, and forward that on for, for that. A positive 2-1. And, and yeah, that's all we've got time for um, on this episode, chaps. So thank you so much for joining me. And do make sure you check out our partner, Short and Horn, across their Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages. And as always, if you want to get involved with anything we've discussed in this week's or any week's show, just make sure you use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official etf of the ncaa The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.